Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. Today I'm talking with Eden Strader. I didn't even ask how to say your name. I am no, you so did it sorry. Great. No, awesome. you did amazing. It is Strader. Okay, awesome. So I'm talking with Eden Strader. So Eden, say hi to everyone, kind of do a little intro and tell everyone who you are. Hello, everyone. Oh my gosh. I'm like introducing yourself, I feel like is always the weirdest. Like, it is. It is. Thing. Um, but I'm Eden Strader. Um, I'm a destination wedding photographer turned business coach. And now I specialize in helping other creatives just build a business that like supports their dream life. Um, I'm all okay. about like helping people build businesses, like build their dream businesses, but like not stop there. It's to build their dream life. I think we get really hung up on like having the best business ever. And mm-hmm. I don't want that to be people's destination. I want their dream life to be the destination. So I work with a lot of photographers and other creative entrepreneurs, um, and I shot destination weddings for six years. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I'd love to hear your story about how you got started in the destination industry and kind of like walk me through how that started for you. Yeah. So I have always wanted to be a photographer. I'm like to take it back to the very beginning. Um, I'm like, I've always wanted to be a photographer. Um, and I kind of fell into weddings because I lived in Utah. Um, I'm sure anyone listening knows at least one Utah photographer because there's 10 million. Yes. Oh, definitely. (laughs) I'm like, there's so many. Um, and so I was kind of in like that I started, I started wedding photography, I want to say in like 2018, 2019. So kind of like in the beginning of like the huge wave that we see now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I fell into weddings because everyone in Utah gets married all the time. Like the wedding industry there is crazy. People get married like Monday to Sunday. Like I'm like, they get married every day of the week. Like it's wild. So I kind of fell into it. And then um, I shot... I think a couple years of weddings before I started shooting out of state and it's kind of, I feel like it simplifies it quite a bit. Cause there's obviously like more that goes into it, but I remember someone so distinctly telling me like, you just need one out of state wedding and then you're going to be an out of state, like destination wedding photographer. And I was like, Oh, it can't be like that simple, but it actually, it is. Yeah. You really just need like one couple to take a chance on you traveling. And then it, the ball just really starts rolling from there. So I shot my first out-of-state wedding. I want to say it was a wedding in D.C. Um, and that just really got the ball like rolling on shooting out-of-state weddings. And it picked up really quickly. And then almost all of my weddings ended up being out-of-state and then moving mm-hmm. into like a destination market. So what's fun about people, I think, like who want to break into being more of a destination or traveling wedding photographer is you really just need to book one. And right. then you can like really get going and building your portfolio and that, which is fun. Yeah. How did you make destination work profitable for you? Like, how did you make it worth your time and your energy and your money too, because you're spending money on travel as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love this question because I think shooting destination weddings or even just like traveling out of state for weddings it is really glamorous looking, right? Especially Mm -hmm. where we live in a world where we get to watch like everyone online. And so you get to see like these other photographers. And I know I did where I was like, wow, they just like wake up in another state or country and it's so beautiful and everything is perfect. Um, And while it is beautiful and like the wedding day is usually perfect, like it's so exhausting. It's so much money. Um, it's a lot of work. I don't think it's for everyone. And so I always tell people, I'm like, I would start practicing shooting while traveling before you even start trying to break in on this market to decide mm-hmm. if you even like shooting weddings when you're like after 12 hours of travel, like, right. cause it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that was huge for me in shooting out of state weddings and destination weddings, um, was doing a flat rate. Um, so I actually like do a flat rate for all of my like out of state weddings where they like, whether you were getting married in New York or California, you were going to be paying me the same price. And I made sure that my packages accounted for at least like $1,500 worth of travel. Um, and then that my rates were higher for out of state weddings than they would be for an in-state wedding. Because another thing that you have to take into account is that you're like gone for days days. So if you're someone who usually is shooting like a double header weekend and that's like how you are running your business, um, 
you need to understand that like you're basically losing four days for one wedding. And I Mm -hmm. think that's like one of the things that is really hard to watch when I see photographers being like, I'm just going to like do it for travel or like, I'm just going to do it for like a discounted fee is I'm like, Oh shoot. That was like four days of work for you, which you may not have realized yet. Um, and so that was something that was really important to me, honestly, pretty early on. Um, while the first out-of-state wedding I shot probably didn't earn much money off of that. Like I was pretty quick to be like, no, I need to be earning, you know, more than I would for an average wedding. Cause it's more than an average wedding's worth of work. Like you're gone for four days, you're traveling, you're eating out, you're barely sleeping. Like there's a lot that goes into it and you deserve to be compensated for that. So those were just some of the ways that I like made sure that out-of-state weddings worked for me, but also like worked for my clients. Cause I think that's another thing to take into account is like, it's important to me that I get to my destination, not at midnight the night before their wedding. Like right. that's not, that's not fair to them either. Like yeah. they need a photographer who's well rested. And so I want to get compensated in a way where I get to be the best photographer possible for my couples, even when right. I'm traveling. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, with destination weddings and like destination photography, just being so popular, it's, very, very hard not to just be like, oh, just cover my plane ticket and I'll be there. Because like you said, there's multiple days that go into it. I find that literally like the day before, like basically the the days that I'm traveling, maybe you're only like, maybe it's not a long flight or maybe it's only like six hours and it's not like a 12 hour travel day. But even still, like that's a lot, like six hours that you could have been doing something else or, mm-hmm. you know, it like you can't really work during the time that you're traveling. You can try, yeah. like maybe you can edit or like, you know, play in social media posts, but for the most part, you are losing a lot of productive time that could have been spent on other things. So I, I do think that that's a really important piece as well. Um, I want to kind of ask you then like with the prices, so you're describing you have to have your prices higher. Mm-hmm. when you do that, like, how do you, how did you find that like advertising that worked? Because not everyone's willing to drop like 10 grand, you know, for a photographer. So how did that kind of work for you? And how was like that brand built as a result yeah. of that? Yeah. Um, so I, when I would like send over my pricing guide, just from like a logistical standpoint, um, I would have like my in-state pricing and then my out-of-state pricing. And then I had an international package as well. Cause obviously like that was going to be, I'm like, if I was, for example, when I lived in Utah, like if I was traveling to the East coast for a wedding, yeah, that was going to be a couple days out of my time. But like I shot a wedding in Bermuda once and like, that was a week of my time. Like there was no way I was flying to another country and, you know, arriving the day before, like that's a nightmare. So that I think I ended up going for like a week just to make sure that I had time to like adjust to the time difference and things like that. So, um, I think what was nice about just doing it in that way of like in-state, out-of-state, international, they were all flying rate. They didn't get quotes based on where they were. Mm -hmm. Um, there was very like little room for people to like, try to like nitpick or like, you know, if you've ever like given a quote for travel, anything, like I'm sure you've had a client come back and be like, well, I found this cheaper flight. That's like a couple hundred dollars cheaper. And you like look it up and it's like 10 stops and like 40 hours of travel. And you're like, no. Yeah. And you don't Um, get a carry on. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'll be like half asleep by the time I even get to you. So it was nice because there was like no back and forth on quotes. It was just like, this is what it is. Take it or don't. Um, And so I really loved doing the flat rate because it, it cut back on that. But from a branding standpoint, branding is like my favorite thing to talk about ever because I really truly believe that branding is the best thing in your business because it one can lead to more personal fulfillment. Like when you build a personal intentional and like integrity, I'm like, well, I don't know what the conjugation of that word would be, but a brand either. filled with integrity. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm like, it's not integral. Um, integrity, <laughs> <laughs> like driven brands, like when you're more fulfilled, like when I finally started producing work and like having a business that felt more like me, mm-hmm. that was the most fulfilled I ever was with my work. And then the more you're able to also build that brand that is full of integrity and it's true to you, the more you're able to stand out from your competition. And when you're able to stand out from your competition, you're able to charge whatever you want or whatever you're worth because they're not going to find that experience or that art with someone else. And so I really do think that branding is one of the main things that 
any business owner, but especially photographers, because we are in a quote unquote, pretty oversaturated market should focus on because it's your opportunity to show your clients like, yeah, you could pay someone, you know, just travel to bring them to your beautiful destination wedding. But like, here's why you should pay me $10,000, like, because you can't get this experience and this artwork anywhere else. And so, um, a couple years into my career, I talk about how I um, really fell in love with color. Um, I mean, it's like my personality. I'm like, you can even see the disco mirror behind me. My room looks like a rainbow disco, like threw up on it. Because um, that's just like what my personality is like. I can't even believe I'm actually like wearing black. That's like kind of a rare occurrence. But um, and so I started like bringing that into my work because um, I really started off my career trying to look like every other photographer because in my head I was like, that's what's going to make me successful. Mm-hmm. Um, that was back when like the moody style was like really getting popular and like it was really emotional photography of people like crying on mountaintops at sunset. And I was like, okay, shoot, like I need to do that in order to be successful. And while that stuff is beautiful, it's like, not necessarily really me. Um, and so I wasn't feeling very fulfilled. And so I kind of had a few experiences where I was like, you know, I'm just going to like lean into this and make this totally me. And so I started shooting in studios a lot with colored backdrops. Um, I started shooting just like really colorful work. And at first it was really scary. Cause I was like, what if no one <laughs> likes this? Yeah. Like what if this goes horribly? And I even had some experiences where like I went to a client console and like handed her a magazine, um, of my work. Um, and I had snuck in one colorful backdrop photo. Cause I was like, I just want to see if someone will like it. Um, surrounded by all this work that looked like everyone else's work. And she pointed it out like immediately. And I was like, oh my gosh, yay. But then she goes, this is so weird. Does anyone actually like stuff like this? (gasps) And I just remember sitting there and being like, oh no. (laughs) That's my favorite photo. And like that's all I want to produce. And I feel like that situation easily could have like made me not want to do that anymore. But instead I was like, okay, oh, well, well, she doesn't like it, but I love it. So I'm going to keep trying. And so I just kept pushing and I like, wasn't really willing to give up on the fact that like colorful photography, um, was what I loved. And so I knew there had to be people out there that loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that became like my whole brand, like, and that became why people hired me. And like, I would have clients who would fly across the country just to like shoot in a studio with me, which was wow. wild. Yeah. Um, Especially because it's like, it's one thing for people to fly from across the country for the salt flats, right? Because I'm like, they can't get that anywhere else. But people were like flying across the country to shoot with me in my studio. Um, And that was really cool. And so I think that's something really powerful that photographers should focus on is just being like, what do I love? And how can I bring that into my art and just trust in the process that if you love it, someone else will too. And it's actually great if there's people who don't like it. That actually means you're doing something really well. Like that means you're niche down enough that you're not for everyone, but you're like definitely going to be for the people who really love your work. And those are the dream clients that you want to work with. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. What I've been focusing on really like this year is like not like putting on my blinders and not looking at other people's work and all this other stuff and trying to really focus on, okay, what do I like? Because like, when like let's say I shoot a wedding and I try something like fun or like new and I or something that I really love when I edit those are always the photos I go back to and like the ones I'm so excited to post and like so excited to show people and talk to people about so I think when you do focus on like the art side of things Mm -hmm. I I think within like a photography business we focus a lot on the business side but we don't always focus on the creating like that can kind of kind of be pushed to the side because it's like oh I I can create this decent Mm -hmm. you know but it's like focusing on the creative concept and just thinking about the fact that we are literally being paid to create art like you should be loving that art yeah Yeah. like it's crazy um this is so random, but you mentioned a studio, but you live in New York. So like, do you have a studio? Do you like, what is the, or do you rent a studio? Like what is? Yeah. So I am from Utah originally. That's like where I started my career. That's where I spent like the majority of my career. And then I'm Los Angeles, um, two ish years ago now, a little over two years ago now, and then just moved to New York about six months ago. Um, so I rent studios here now. I'm like, I actually don't shoot. Shooting has kind of become 
I like take a couple sessions a year now, but it's almost kind of become a hobby again, which has been so fun because it's like the first time it's been a hobby since, you know, I was a kid almost because I started shooting for work when I was like 19. Um, so it's been really fun to have it like be a hobby again. So I just rent studios here, which has been really lovely. And for anyone that ever needs to like rent a studio, peer space is always like the best resource to find studios if that's something that you want to shoot in. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I, I always am like struggling to find studios. Like I have like one or two that I like, but I'm like, I want to try something different. I want to see like what someone else offers. So is that literally like an app or like, what is that? Yeah. So it's kind of almost like an Airbnb for studios, which is really, really fun. So like they, I mean, it'll depend on like where you're located, right? Like I've gone to like really remote places and there's not a single peer space in the area, but like, um, when I lived in LA, there's just hundreds on there. There's hundreds here in New York city. I want to say there was even a lot, quite a bit in, um, like Salt Lake. Salt Lake had a lot of studios as well. So if you're in like a decently major city or like area, there probably are peer spaces, but yeah, it just works like Airbnb and you can rent it hourly. And it's been really cool because I think like as photographers, like you said, we can really focus on the business part. And I also think we just like, when we turn our hobby into our job, we just really get into the groove of things. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important as artists to like set aside time to play. Um, and so that's been like one of my favorite things about like having places like peer space or studios you can rent out is like, you can book things that would be like really outside of your comfort zone. Like I have this concept I've been wanting to do that requires a lot of gels and a lot of strobes, which I just like don't have the equipment for here. Um, but I found a studio that does, that's like a hundred dollars. Okay. So it's yeah. like, it's cool. Cause you can kind of build these concepts and then like find spaces that would help you like curate that experience. Even if you're not in a place to, you know, like own a studio yet or like own a space of your own. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. That sounds like such a good tool. I'm literally probably going to use that. So yeah, please do. I'm like, (laughs) I love Pierceways. It's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about creating a brand that's like unique to you because that's Mm -hmm. kind of what you touched on earlier. So if someone listening is like, struggling with their brand and they're like, I just don't know where to start. Like I do photography. I just don't, I just don't know. What would you tell them for creating a brand that's unique to them? Like what, what sort of things would you tell them to start doing to kind of figure that out? Yeah. So I think like what's great about a brand is that it influences like every aspect of your business, like everything from like the actual aesthetic, right. And the work that Mm -hmm. you're producing, but also like the connection that you build with your potential clients and your audience and their client experience and like your social media presence, like it really does influence everything, which is like why I think it's so important. And so what I always instruct people to do when they're like first getting started in a brand is actually to just like take their business out of it for a second. Um, because I think when we are like turning our hobby or our passion, like into a business, we like want it to be successful naturally, like that makes sense, but it's really easy to look at other people who are having success and even subconsciously like try to pull from them. Right. And be like, what are they doing that I can also do in order to be successful? And so I kind of like to tell people to just like take their business out of it for a minute and just think about themselves as a human being and to like ask themselves, like, what are your favorite parts about yourself? Or like, what are your friends and family's favorite things about you? Like, how do you want your friends and family to feel when they interact with you? Like, what is your style like in a personal sense? Mm -hmm. And like, try to think about the business as little as possible because those things that you answer about yourself as a human being, like your fan, your friends and family's favorite things about you, those like concepts and traits are what you should be bringing into your business as a brand and a client experience and like communication tool, right? Like one of the things I've always loved about myself is that like, I'm a really hard worker and I like refuse to settle for mediocrity. And that is a huge brand foundation in my business, like especially with coaching Um, or like when it came to photography, like I'm a really colorful person, but I also like really like to make people feel like individualistic and appreciated for who they are as people. And so that's really important to me, both with coaching and photography is like, I always want my clients to feel like I saw them and like Mm -hmm. photographed them for who they are instead of trying to fit them into like an Eden Strader style box. And like, those are my favorite things about myself. So I always tell people, I'm like, sit back, take the business out of it and really try to do some self-work to figure out like who you are as a person. And then think about how you can then bring that into your business and your work. Because 
I think it's easy to think that you can't bring something unique to the table, but like as cliche as it is, right? It's like the quotes that they're like, there's no one like you or like the Dr. Seuss quotes that are like, there's no one like you and that's your magic. It's true. (laughs) Like they're cliche for a reason. Like there really is no one like you. And so if you're able to make your business a representation of you, there's going to be no one doing your business like you are. Um, And so I think being able to like bring those things into your work is really, really powerful. And then also just to get back to the root of things, like I always love asking photographers if they got into photography for the people or for the art. Cause I found that like photographers usually got into it for one or the other. And I Mm -hmm. think it's really fascinating to like hear what drew people to photography in the first place. Like for me, it was the art. I grew up with like my mom as an art teacher. I loved photography. I'm pretty introverted. So like the people were an added bonus, but like I a hundred percent got into it for the art, which is why the art has always been like a huge priority in what I pushed in my business. Um, okay. I'm not the type of photographer that probably like, you know, the marketing of like, I'm going to be your best friend. We're going to go get drinks all the time. Like I remember feeling like I had to do that because it was really popular in the industry. And I was like, I hate this. Like, this yeah. is so like, I'm way <laughs> too introverted to be like best friends with all of my clients. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I don't have to do that. Like my strength is the art. And so that's what I'm going to push is that like, I create artwork for my clients and like, that's what my dream clients were looking for. Like they weren't looking for a photographer who was going to be their best friend and hang out with them 10,000 times. Those people went to those photographers. And so then the people that do get into photography for the humans, like that can be a big part of your brand is the human connection side of things. Like I always think of like India Earl, like she loves getting to know her clients. And like, I remember always seeing on her stories, like her going climbing with them or Mm -hmm. like having hangouts with them. And I was like, that's so cool. Or like Morgan with in-frames, like she's so extra and like fun and loves connection. And so I would see her like being really good friends with her clients. And that's like a big thing that she pushes is like, that's what her energy is like. And so I think just identifying like what it is about your career and the space that you really love and just like leaning into that more rather than feeling like you need to be all of the things that you're seeing within this industry, because there's a million different types of photographers and you don't need to be doing everything all at once yeah no that was that was such a good answer I feel like if anyone is listening to this and is struggling with the idea of like making your brand you I feel like that perfectly answered it I've never even thought about people versus art and you literally have me over here self-reflecting I'm like what why did I get into it and I think that's a really good thing to like sit down and think about um because then you can kind of focus on either or you know like Mm -hmm. if you do really love the art side of it then that's what you focus on or if you really love the people aspect of it then focus on your client experience and like making that really awesome um you know I feel like there are photographers out there who have okay photos yes but people love them because of the feeling that they get after working with them. But on the art side of things, people love those photographers because of the feeling they get when they look at the photos. Do you know yes. like the, the difference yes. between like the feeling of working with someone and then the feeling of seeing the results. And I mean, mm-hmm. there, there are very, a lot of gray spaces within oh, just that concept. Absolutely. But you know, I, like you can be like a little bit more towards the art side of it or a little bit more towards the people, or you could be like close to the middle or you could be all the way mm-hmm. on one side. Um, so yeah, I think that's just a very interesting concept that I've literally never thought about before until you just mentioned that. Oh, good. That makes me so happy. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's important to like note the gray area of like, I always tell people when I'm talking about this, I'm like, this doesn't mean that you can be like great with people and have horrible photography or be like an amazing photographer and be horrible with people. Like yeah. you have to have both sides, but you can absolutely lean into one more than the other. Like if I get married, I would really want a photographer that like, yes, I have a personal connection with, like, I don't want to not get along with them if they're going to be with me on my wedding day. Like I want to feel like we at least have some sort of relationship, but to me, it will be more important that they capture like amazing artwork because that's just what I'm like as a person. Whereas like, if it was more important to me to like, feel like I had my best friend with me on my wedding day, like that's what I would look like. And I have friends who are like that, like where they would want their vendors to feel like they're friends more than maybe the final product. And like, Mm -hmm. I think that's also a great thing to ask yourself is like, okay, if I'm hiring a photographer, 
what kind of experience would I want? Because like you are your ideal client at the end of the day. So like, just think about what you would want to see. Like I would want to see artwork. And so like, that would be like what I looked for first and foremost when hiring a photographer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such a good point. I love self-reflecting and being like, okay, if I were in the shoes of my client, what would I want? I always think about that when it comes to like communication or social media, like what would I want to see from my photographer and then go and do those things. You know, like Mm -hmm. if for me, I put a lot of emphasis on Instagram and websites. I think those two things are like, for me, what decides if I want to book someone or not. Cause you know, I've looked for photographers in the past. I've had my photos done. So that's kind of what I looked like. Like, do you have a bump in Instagram? Do you have like a really Mm -hmm. cool website? So that that's what I try to focus on within my brand are those two things because it really matters to me. But if you care about other things like, um, you know, phone calls and like, that's a really big thing for you. Or like you said, like being your wedding day bestie, if that's something, then that's what you focus on. So just start with yourself and then you'll attract the right people to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You like genuinely have an untapped, like unlimited resource in yourself when it comes to your ideal client. Cause like you're your ideal client. So just like figure out exactly what you would want and then implement that in your business. You are a gold mine. Yeah. You are the diamond. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Very much that. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So you mentioned earlier, you said oversaturation. And I noticed if people are watching on video, they probably saw, but if you're listening, you wouldn't have noticed you put quotes around oversaturation. So mm-hmm. miss, why don't you kind of explain to me why you did that? And if you think like, you know, if you think oversaturation is not actually a thing. Yes. So, oh my gosh, I love talking about this because I call it like the myth of oversaturation. And this is like, I can get kind of blunt with people I coach because I think like, I think within the industry, we've created like a couple boogeymans. Like I think one is the Instagram algorithm. I think (laughs) one is like the myth of oversaturation. Um, I think there are things that we've created into like, yeah, for lack of a better term, like the boogeyman within the industry where we've almost used it as an excuse for why our business isn't working the way that we want it to. Like Mm -hmm. if we're not booking enough jobs or we're not earning enough money, it's really easy to be like, oh, it's the Instagram algorithm, like not pushing out my stuff. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Or like you can be like, oh, it's just because the market's so oversaturated. Is it, or are you creating like a business that fits into an oversaturated market? And so Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to like do some self-reflection when you start kind of like using these boogeymans as like an excuse as to why you're not finding the success you want. Because like oversaturation is an issue of you having too much competition, right? But you should only be having too much competition if your business looks like everyone else's. Mm. And so I actually tell this story uh, of this Twitter fight that I got into the first year of my career. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm like, it's so funny, but it's like my favorite thing to talk about because it like, it really was such a turning point in my business. Um, But it was my first year full time. Keep in mind, I was 20 though. So I had like the ego of a giant like back I'm like no one handles things perfectly when they're 20 so it's like a little embarrassing but whatever um but basically what happened was at this point in my career I was full-time um things were going well but I definitely still was shooting in a way that like wasn't really true to me like my work was technically really good but it it did look like kind of like everyone else's in the industry because I was just trying to do what would get me jobs um and this girl on Twitter no idea who she is but basically like screenshotted my Instagram feed and four others and like posted them on Twitter and was like yawn this is like the most boring thing I've ever seen <gasps> and this is where like my ego kicked in because if this happened to me now, I'd be like, haha, nice, like at me next time, but like wouldn't say anything else. Right. But like, of course, 20 year old me was like, blah, 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 blah. like, this was so rude, blah. Um, and so like me and these other photographers that got called out, um, basically like got in this little Twitter fight with this girl and she stood her ground. Like she was like, no, your work is boring and it looks like everyone else's. And I was so offended because like one, people not liking your artwork in general is so offensive, but for someone to like just blatantly be like, your work sucks. um, So I was really offended for a second. And then I remember I like took a step back and I was like, she's not wrong. Like, yeah, I was like, hold on. This girl's actually like, she's not totally incorrect. Like she Mm could have handled it better for sure. But like, it does kind of look like everyone else's. 
Um, and at this point, I was probably charging like maybe like $1,500 for a wedding, like just like okay. very low prices, like enough that I was making a decent wage, but it was like no one was hiring me because of my work. They were hiring me because I was a good photographer at a decent price. Okay. And so I kind of took the step back and I was like, okay, this girl isn't wrong. Like my work does look like everyone else's, which mm-hmm. is why I'm earning the money I am because the only thing that is separating me from the competition right now is my pricing. And that's like a really crappy place to be in your business. Like you don't want the only reason people are hiring you instead of another photographer to be your pricing. That's like why you don't earn enough money. Um, And so that's when you are in an oversaturated market. Like at that point, I was in an oversaturated market because I was making sure that my work looked like everyone else's. And if you want to break out of the oversaturated market or not have, you know, quote unquote, oversaturation be a thing, you need to build a business that's different than everyone else's. Because in that stance, there is no competition. Like if you're able to provide artwork and an experience and a brand and, you know, a presence that people can't find anywhere else. Oversaturation just doesn't exist anymore because there's no one competing with you. Mm-hmm. And so it can be really scary to, you know, make your business look like really unique to everyone else's. Like I remember when I first like launched my first website that was like crazy colorful and weird. I was like, I'm going to lose so many clients over this, like, because this isn't going to be for them anymore. It's like too niched. And mm-hmm. I did in the best way. Like I lost clients that weren't perfectly aligned with me. And instead I gained ones who were, and I was able to raise my prices like significantly. Like my technical skills had gotten a lot better as they do just from like experience and time, but like they hadn't gotten that much better. Like not enough for like a $2,000 wedding package to a 10 grand jump. It was just that I was then producing work that like you literally couldn't find anywhere else because I was like, I refuse to have my work look like everyone else's. And so I think that's like when we use these little like boogeymans to like excuse why we're not maybe seeing the success that we want, I think it's important to do some self-work again and just sit down and be like, okay, yeah, maybe I am in an oversaturated market right now. How do I break myself out of it? Because you're not Mm going to change everyone else's business. You're not going to make it so that there's less photographers in the industry. The only thing that you control is you and your business and your artwork. So instead of like using that as an excuse, do some self-reflection to be like, okay, why is my work blending in with everyone else's? Like, why am I having to charge less in order to get booked? What is it about my work that I could improve or make more me in order to separate it from the people that I'm currently competing with within my industry? With film photography being so popular nowadays, I'm very excited to introduce you to our sponsor, PhotoVision. PhotoVision is a third-generation film lab who scans your rolls of film for you. They produce consistent and quality scans, and they even offer custom color correction for your scans. If you know me, I've been getting into film photography lately, and I just sent off two rolls of film to PhotoVision. They're so easy to work with, and you can literally tell that they know what they're doing when it comes to film. They even offer film education on their website, so it helps newbies like me better understand what the heck they're doing. PhotoVision is family-owned, which we love, and their customer service is amazing. They want everyone they work with to feel valued and supported, which Honestly, that's how I felt when I've worked with them. PhotoVision is your film processing experts since 1968, and they have an exclusive offer for Oshoot listeners. Get one free roll of signature process and scans using the code Oshoot at checkout. That's Oshoot with no spaces at checkout, which will also be linked in the description. Go check it out. Yeah. Wow. That is so good. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, like, like you said, cliche, it's cliche, but the one thing that separates you from everyone else is the fact that you are you and you're not like everyone else. So like you said, it's artwork, it's like your brand, it's creating images that you love. And I think like when it comes to just the idea of being you within your business, people think that like, they have to go and I don't know, post these crazy reels or these really like relatable Instagram stories, which that stuff works. But at the same time, if everyone else is doing that to be personal and be unique, it's not personal and unique anymore. So I might even say that the oversaturated market are these personal brands where people are being personal, but they're all being personal in the same way. Therefore it's not personal anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think about like, for example, 
Anna, um, I don't even know how to say her name on TikTok, the Starbies girl. Um, yes. She is a personal brand, but the reason that she like got so big was because she was doing something different, like showcasing her personality, but doing it in a different way by literally ordering Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think when we kind of take a step back and be like, okay, how can I do this unique in a way that no one else is doing it? That's when you start to isolate yourself. And you know, when it comes to these, like people that are very, I don't know, like social media famous, not even photographers, but just brands in general, people want to work with them specifically because of the fact that like they are known almost like as, as the artist, like, you know, like Picasso or whoever, like, mm-hmm. it's like, you want to work with that person because they are them, not because of like, uh, yes, the artwork, but also you as a person, like both of it plays mm-hmm. into why you're going to be set apart in, in an oversaturated market, you know, and it's not going to be saturated anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I have so many thoughts on this <laughs> because I think like what's so cool about like this day and age is because we have access to people and their lives and their beliefs and like so much, like social media has given us, you know, so much information and content in a way mm-hmm. that I just can't even wrap my brain around. But like people are kind of done investing in businesses that they have no personal connection to. Like really right. the only time I'm going to order from a business like that is if I need something quick from Amazon, which even then that kind of pains my heart. But yes. like if I'm buying something like big or like intentional, I want it to come to us from a small business owner that I like right. have a connection to. Like that's so important. And so like you said, I think like don't haphazardly or just like empty heartedly like start making reels that are just like, I'm personal and this is why you should be my friend. Like you don't need to do that. Cause that's like not genuine. And I think like one of the things that like Anna, even for example, with the Starbucks drinks, there's no way Anna started that Starbucks like series by being like, this is going to get me famous and on the red carpet. Like right. that was not her goal. She did that for fun. And I think letting fun and curiosity and you're just like personality naturally bleed into your business is really cool. And it might not go anywhere, but it also might go somewhere really beautiful. And I think Mm -hmm. like approaching it with this idea of like, I'm going to do this because it would bring me a lot of personal fulfillment. You will probably also see like a huge correlation to your business success with that. Like for example, we, um, one of the things that I'm like really, really passionate about, about talking about on my page is like abuse awareness. And I didn't start talking about that because of my business. Like I wasn't like, let me see if I can monetize off that. Like that's icky. Um, that was just (laughs) something I'm like really passionate about. And I was like, I have a platform that I really want to share about this on. Or like another thing that I talk about a lot is my divorce. And I started talking about that a lot because I was like, I want people to know that they're not alone in this. Like I want this to be become less of a like taboo topic. Like I did not have my business in mind at all when I wanted to start talking about that. It was just something I was really, really passionate about and wanted to like connect with other people on. And I knew it would be really personal fulfilling for me to be able to use my personal experiences to help other people. And I was like, well, I have a big platform for work. So I'll just like use it to also like do it on there. And what's been crazy is like, I will get coaching inquiries based off of those topics sometimes. Like I literally posted a reel. And again, I think there's a line with this, right? Like I'm not saying like, please monetize really sensitive things or like try to monetize trauma or like nothing like that. Like my intention with these things was to not monetize off of them. But it is crazy to see how like I posted even a reel that was like, I'll try to at least once a week do something personal just to like build personal connection with the people and like connect with other humans. And I posted this reel and it was like showing what I looked like before, during and after my divorce, because it's like really crazy to see how that relationship like physically implement, like affected me. Mm -hmm. And it was just a post about like, Hey, regardless of like what stage you're at in your life, like it does get better. And that was like my entire intention with that post was just like, I hope I can use my personal experience to help someone else. And I like got a coaching inquiry off of it. And they were like, I'm in a really toxic marriage right now and going through a divorce. And like, I really want a coach who knows what that feels like. And like, I've gotten a lot of inquiries like that where they're like, I also just got divorced or like, I also am going through a divorce and like, I don't want to be coached by someone that doesn't understand the nuances of how hard that is emotionally while running a business. And like, again, not that it was my intention to like profit off my divorce. That's so (laughs) ick. But I'm like, it is crazy to see like 
how I've been able to build relationships with people where like that really is a part of like why they contact me in the first place to work with me is because like there's so much more to our jobs than just like working with people. It's not a like product for money exchange, like Mm -hmm. whether it's photography or coaching or whatever, that is such an emotional and like energetic exchange that we're having with other people. Like if you're a wedding photographer, you really are with that couple, like almost more than they're with each other on their wedding day. And that is a really serious thing. And so like, even if you are someone that focuses um, primarily on like the artwork of it, they need to know who you are as a person and that like they can have a genuine connection with you and an understanding with you so that you can provide a beautiful experience to them on something that's really important. So like whether it is coaching or photography or whatever it is, like it really is so important to one, find personal fulfillment by expressing yourself and connecting with people over those things. But like you really do connect with your ideal clients over things like that. Like they want to know who you are as a person. They want to support who you are as a person and they want to feel connected to you, especially if we're asking them to invest thousands of dollars into us. Like mm-hmm. that's a very personal connection outside of the money that I think like we need to take more seriously as an industry that like you really are showing your clients that like, just like you expect them to be vulnerable and open with you, whether that's like in front of your camera or whatever, you're also willing to give that to them and connect with them in just like a very beautiful human way. I hope that made sense. That was a lot of rambling. (laughs) That does, that does make sense. And it, it's important, like listening to that and hearing that, just thinking about the fact that you are not going to be the perfect photographer or business owner for every single person. Like you said that that person came to you because they felt that like you guys were going through something similar and that's something that no one else can offer. So it is an important thing to like be putting that out there, like not necessarily like oversharing on the internet, yeah, but like at, like at least doing like personal things, um, you know, just just to create connection with people. Um, and I, because you did mention your like trauma and all of that, I, I did want to ask you about your journey with healing from that and how that has impacted your business as a whole. Yeah. I love to talk about this subject because I think it's something that like, also we don't talk about that much as business owners. And this is actually like what my podcast is all about. That's my personal business is I built it with the, the idea of like, we really talk about as like small businesses or like creative entrepreneurs, like, oh yeah, our personal lives and our businesses are so intertwined, but we like never really talk about how, like we don't actually like explain the nuances of that. And so it was really important to me when sharing, like starting my podcast as I was like, my marriage and my divorce played such a huge pivotal role in the way that my business operated. And in a way that like no one would have known had I kept it a secret. And that was my plan. (laughs) So -hmm. I was like, no one ever needs to know about this. Like, this is so embarrassing. Like being a wedding photographer who got got a divorce, like that sucks so bad. I don't want to like people to find out. And then I was like, you know what? No, like this was, this journey was so integral to the way that my business did operate, grew, now operates. And like, as business owners, we really are just a representation of our businesses. And so if we're not doing well, the business isn't going to do well. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we like to think we can separate them, but like, unless you're like running a team of like 10 people who can take over the business when you're not doing well, it is going to affect your business, um, the way that your life is going. And so I think something really beautiful that we can focus on is healing ourselves in order to like progress our business. And I think that's been something really beautiful to see within my business is like the more I've healed and focused on becoming like the woman that I want to be and the person that I want to be, I've seen my business become more like full of integrity and like feel more beautiful and also be more prosperous because I'm able to like make better decisions when I'm in a better place. And even like the hindsight of looking on my business and like, um, my ex didn't work. I was like the the sole provider um, when I was married and um, I wasn't doing very well. I had like a very toxic relationship during that period of my life. Um, and so my work was kind of like my outlet. Like that was my safe space. That was like where I would go to like get away from everything and have a safe space and express myself. Mm-hmm. And when I look back on it, I'm like, because I kind of had this almost like 
scarcity mentality, right? Where like my business was my escape. I wanted to take on as many clients as I could so that I could stay busy with it and have a lot of work. And that resulted in me taking on clients I shouldn't have that weren't ideal clients. And we didn't have a good time or relationship or like overworking myself. Like I overworked myself into the ground in a way that I don't do now because I'm more healed and my business isn't my escape. And so Mm -hmm. I think there's also something really interesting about like when our business isn't doing well, right? Like taking a step back and be like, what part of me as a human being is like unhealed or struggling that is then being projected into my business. Um, I kind of think of it like when we were kids, right? And you would like pull an all-nighter studying for a test and your parents would be like, is this really the best decision? Cause you're going to go into the test tomorrow exhausted. And like, yeah. I don't care how much you learned the night before you're not even going to be able to implement it. Cause you're going to be so tired. It's the same with our businesses. Like if we are emotionally drained or emotionally worn out from trauma, personal things, whatever, we're not going to make the best decisions in our business because we're yeah. just like not operating at like peak capacity of, you know, as humans. And so mm-hmm. whenever we see something in our business, cause I think that's you know, something that you can almost like more tangibly notice, like if you're not doing very well and you're not ready to like look at that yet, you can be like, wait, something's not going on in my business. Like you might be paying more attention to the business than you are yourself, but to be like, okay, yeah. Like what is it that's doing that? Like, am I overworking myself too much? Like, what Mm -hmm. is that? Is that me trying to escape from something? Is that me feeling like my worth is directly correlated to how much money I earn? Like, what is it? Um, And so I think that there's something really cool about using our businesses to better our lives, but also like taking a minute to reflect on like the parts of our businesses that aren't operating at the way that we want them to. And being like, what does this say about like where I'm at? Like, how can I heal something inside of me that this part of my business right now is kind of almost like reflecting back to me. Like it's showing me parts of myself that like I need to heal or work on or figure Mm -hmm. out. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is, yeah. it's really impactful hearing someone that has gone through what you have and then coming on the other side and being like, there is like, things will get better. And Mm -hmm. in the meantime, like this is kind of what you can do to just make sure that you, you take care of yourself. It's Mm -hmm. it's funny because I posted something on my story the other day and I was just like talking about how I I just needed like a break for a minute. And like, I just was like mentally, like it just was really hard for me to keep doing like what I was doing, whatever. Um, I'm not, it wasn't a big deal at all. Like I was kind of just being dramatic, but I was like, I just need a break. Okay. No, but still valid. Like it doesn't have to, I think that's important too, though, is like, it doesn't need to be a, doesn't need to be a big event. Sometimes you just need a break. (laughs) Yeah. Like seriously, that's what it was. I was like, okay, I just need like two days to just chill for a minute. And someone literally DM'd me and it really hit me. They said like, there is no Cassidy Lynn without Cassidy Lynn. And I was like, okay, obviously that's, that's a very like obvious concept, but it hits you really deep when it's like, that's so true. Like I actually need to check on myself first before I'm like, oh, let me go improve this in my business or improve this. Because if you're not focusing on yourself, that the person that's running the business, like Mm -hmm. your business is not going to thrive. Like there is no thriving in a business with a person that's literally like in shambles, you know? So, yeah. So it does start with just making sure that you are okay and setting boundaries and taking care of yourself, whether it's going to therapy or eating healthy, you know, like whatever it is that you need to do to make sure that you're in a good place first. So then your business can be in a good place. And obviously you have to check your heart and making sure that you're not like, Oh, I want my business to thrive. So I'm going to go to therapy. Like, no, like you want, (laughs) right. You need to do it because it's something that you like want as a person. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of rambling at this point, but no, I love that though. Yeah, no, I think that's all like very important. And I think too, like if you are someone that's like hyper focusing on work and like maybe do care a little bit more about work than yourself (laughs) right now, which is hard, but like that does happen. Like there are times where you almost like care about your business more than you care about yourself. Like I think something that's been really helpful for me is like if I'm feeling crappy and I'm like, no, I should just power through this. Like same as you like kind of said, like where you're like, I just need two days off. Like there've been times where I'm like, well, no, like I should like answer these Marco Polos for my coaching clients, even though I feel horrible. And then I'm like, you know what? No, like my coaching clients deserve better than that. Like my Mm -hmm. clients deserve the best version of me as well. And so like, it's better for me to be like, Hey, 
give me 24 hours. I'm going to unplug, recharge, and I'm going to give you a better answer tomorrow. Like I right. will be able to be a better client or coach or photographer or whoever in 24 hours after I take care of myself. So like yeah. even if you are at a place where maybe you do care about your business a little bit more than yourself, <laughs> let's do some work on that. But like it has been helpful to almost like that's almost like my final push to be like, no, like my clients also deserve this best version of me. And so do I, but like, that's an extra like tick in the box of like, oh yeah, no, I need to take a break for a second because everyone involved in this situation deserves the best version of me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so true. Wow. Uh, Well, honestly, I've loved having this conversation with you. Um, I don't want to wrap up, but we're kind of hitting the mark. Yeah. Um, like I didn't realize how much time had passed. <laughs> I, but it was all good stuff. Like genuinely, like just it's, it's so easy to talk to you. And I just want to make sure that everyone who's listening can know where they can like find, follow you. And if they want to like connect with you and I don't know, get coached by you or whatever, like they can find all that. So go ahead, plug your socials, your website, oh whatever. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's been so fun chatting with you. Of course. Um, you can find me just at Eden Strader on like everything. Um, okay. it's that on like my website and, um, on my website, we have like a bunch of freebies, um, that you can like even get started with to kind of like get a feel for like my coaching style and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my podcast is also, that's my personal business. And we talk all about like our personal lives and our businesses intertwining. We work with like a lot of guests, which is a lot of fun for like interviews kind of similar to this. So yeah, yeah that's kind of where you can find me on everything. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. It was so great chatting with you and you just, you shared lots of good stuff. So thank you. Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Getting a little bit